Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 254 with our review of Rush. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, Carson Patrick and I are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, as we said, we are reviewing Rush. So, get your engines started, Carson, because we are about to rev this into high gear or something. and We're going to do stuff that has to do with driving that I totally know all about. Cause We're going to play awesome uh, techno rave songs. <laughs> and we, uh, we can't stop, okay? Let, let, I'll just go ahead and throw this out here. I assume this is true. Just to warn people who are listening to this review, I don't think that Carson and I are big car guys. Uh, I, no. I, I know that you know, <laughs> you know, men who pee on stuff and like play football and stuff should know a lot about cars, but uh, right, I am not. I'm not that kind of person. Yeah, I'm not that kind of person either. I can't. So I, I guess I'm not a man. I can't even drive stick, so. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't either. I mean, I my my new car does have uh you know manual mode, which I throw it in all the time just for fun. But uh, I don't have to use a clutch, so I, yeah, I, 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 I am perfectly content with driving automatic. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, Carson's happy about that. So you don't have to worry about us getting all carry on you guys. Because yeah, we're not going to go into details about, oh, their engines were so delightful. Yeah, clearly there was that scene where they talked about this diameter, <laughs> the suspension on this vehicle, but everybody knows that in the 1970s with that Formula One car, that would have never... Blah, 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 blah. And yeah, we're not, c- complete rubbish. Yeah, we're not going to do any of that sort of thing, um, Which, even though I you know, I, I text you, Carson, before the movie was starting, and like, yeah. I went to the Thursday night showing this, and uh, when I got to the theater, there was like three different groups of people who were all like actual racers slash workers of cars, and like... Two guys were talking, and this third guy overheard them and was like, oh, were you guys just talking about this? Yeah, I'm. my name's this, and I drive for this person, and blah, blah, blah. So they were like, I got to sit there and uh, listen to them go back and forth about different cars that they drive and, like, different races they've done and everything. That was that was kind of cool. Like, I th- thought that was interesting to see that before the movie started. Yeah, I mean, th- they will definitely be having conversations about uh, this car specifics, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. But but for us, not so much. We're just going to talk to you about uh, what, what we thought the quality of this film was, whether it got our engines going or whether uh, we were stalled. So Yeah. Cool. Then what do you say? We don't delay, Carson. I see that everybody's lined up and, uh, you know, the lights are counting down or whatever they do at the racetrack. They're, they're, they're drilling the holes into my face mask so the <laughs> rain won't, you know. <laughs> yeah, I let out all the condensation. Exactly. Uh, which you is hope. What? Let's just hope La- it doesn't Lauda, let water in. It, Lauda isn't going wet or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, too. Same thing. Um, also, I'm not sure I get the difference between if, like, there's slick tires and wet tires. That sounds like the same tire to me. I don't know. That, you know, same to me, but I'm sure there's a big difference. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Somebody listening right now is laughing. Yeah. They're just like, noobs. All I know is that I don't go to men who drive circles around tracks uh something about possibly killing themselves looking for normality (laughs) whatever the line is i yeah i don't know some platitude (laughs) all right carson what do you say we look at the trailer for uh this film rush and then let everybody know what we thought okay emergency that was the racetrack there's been an accident 
driver's been injured. He's coming in now. Hello. I think the racetrack telephoned ahead that I was coming. Hunt, James Hunt. I had a friendly disagreement with another driver about his wife. Why? What did he do? I'd be happy to show you if you like. James can be a loose cannon. But in terms of raw talent, there is no better driver in the world. Why don't they make it safer? The risk of death turns people off. Who's that? It's Nicky Lauda. He's just been signed by Ferrari. I'm both quicker than you, and better at setting up the car. James Hunt is a proven winner at the highest level. Is there a question why are you just trying to piss me off? This is an incredible battle between these two drivers. thing with Nikki. Everyone has. James, do you think you can cope with the pressure? To be a champion, you have to really believe it. You're just a party guy. You're killing us out there. You're too far back. I'm quicker than all of you. I'm James Hunt. He's out. It's over. Superstar. More powerful than even the fear of death itself is the will to win. Which is why I'm here begging. You really think you can beat him? Trust me. Today with the rain, the most dangerous trick in the world. That all depends on how good you are in the rain. Let's race. Talk to me, James. Don't go to men who are willing to kill themselves driving in circles looking for normality. Nicky Lauder, trapped in a searing inferno of 800 plus degrees. Responsible for what happened. Watching you win those races, you were equally responsible for getting me back in the car. Showdown between you and Nikki is all anyone wants to see. Alright, so here we go. That was the trailer for the film Rush. Uh, it is a story of this big rivalry that happened between these two drivers in Formula One, James Hunt and Nicky Lauda. And uh, just their, you know, they're rising from the lower levels of the sport to the higher levels and them hating each other because they both think they're better drivers than each other. <laughs> yeah. They're both just dicks to each other. Yeah, it's it's like the prestige, but without magic or <laughs> sabotaging each other's tricks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it pretty much is, and uh, it's uh, not quite as awesome either. So, <laughs> the real question is if uh, when James Hunt crosses the finish line, is it him or is it his coffee? <laughs> uh, I think it's his copy that does it. Uh, <laughs> the real him is up in Asgard. Trying to defeat his brother again. Dude, before we even get into this, like, I know he looks the same, but he looks totally different in this movie, and I love it. Like, this is the first film that we've seen uh, Mr. Hemsworth in where he doesn't look like Thor. Yeah, I mean, he still kind of has the look, but he's not, yeah, he's not, uh... I, I was worried from viewing the trailer that, that I was just going to be like, oh, it's Thor in 70s outfit attire, you know? Yeah, I think it's mostly like, well, it's weird because his hair is long when he's Thor. Something about what they did makes his head look disproportionate to when he's uh-huh. playing Thor. And like, he just looks like a completely different person to me. And like, I, I like that I couldn't see Thor when I was watching the movie. Like, I, I knew part of it, I think, is also not hearing him do that. 
this is our home. <laughs> like the the yeah, voice he's not that he doing does. The, the voice, yeah. Yeah, like so the fact that he could actually have an accent and and not sound like some guy trying to be a tough American. Um, I, I don't know. Well, I, I'll just jump right in and say that Chris Hemsworth was a big positive for this movie to, for me because, yeah. like I said, I from watching the trailer, I thought I was going to just imagine oh it's thor in 70s attire and that's distracting but i guess i was discrediting him because you know i kind of had the same thing going to thor i was like i you know how am i going to be sold on thor and he sold me on that character like i think that he was thor and i think that everything that i've seen him in uh i mean he is a good actor, I guess is the bottom line. And I thought yeah. that he was good in this role. Like, I, I kind of wish he had more to do in it because I feel like he kind of gets sidelined about halfway and then it's all about Nicky Lauda comes in and um, we get a lot more of him. Um, but he is really uh, great in this part. I think that uh, the movie itself frustrated me a lot and... Uh, I don't think the movie is as good as as he's making it out to be, but um, I think overall, I think Rush is um, a pretty basic like sports drama. Like it's not really going for anything higher than what we've seen like in a bunch of other sports dramas and like biopic movies before. Like. I, I'm kind of surprised that like a lot of people have really dug this movie, but I mean, I I guess I could kind of see from the standpoint that like it's not boring. Like it's very watchable film. I mean, it's a it's well paced. It goes by quickly. Uh, the racing scenes are fast. Obviously, like there's you can tell that at least when I saw the movie, a lot of people were enjoying the racing sequences they were enjoying i guess like the humor in in it and like the rivalry between these two guys i mean the story is inherently interesting even if you don't like uh cars or you know yeah. racing yeah. like i think that you know i had no idea that there was this rivalry rivalry between these two guys back in the 70s um and i think that the movie uh how like it you know obviously it ends in a big race i mean there's that's no spoiler but uh i was definitely interested in seeing how it played out because like i knew nothing about these two guys but i think that the journey of these two guys is overall pretty lifeless like i think that to me a documentary on this subject would be a lot more interesting to me like i don't think this movie covers like really that much ground like it doesn't really dig anything below surface level to me like i i think that it's just there to be sort of like candy it's just like you know entertainment like it's just it's it's like pop really like you just like it's nothing more than that like i i think that it's just kind of this sugary confection and it's nothing more than that i i and I kind of wanted it to be more. Like, I, I know that a lot of people are like, oh, this, this is going to be an Oscar contender. And, like, it probably will because it is uh, Ron Howard. And uh, it's a movie that 
is very crowd pleasing but i mean i just like i like i said i don't think it goes deep enough and like we predicted from seeing the trailer uh i just could not shake this entire movie how much it it is like talladega nights like i just i just for the whole time i just kept thinking of like sasha baron cohen uh you know telling i'm coming for you ricky bobby (laughs) telling will ferrell like i watched highlander and it was shit um and i couldn't get that out of my head especially and it's not to it's not to the detriment of daniel brule plays nikki lauda but um he is um ridiculously distracting in this movie like i i think that the character and i don't think it's intentional like obviously the guy is austrian he probably talked that way but in the context of this movie it is so distracting like it is so laugh out loud distracting like i the second he comes on the movie starts and it starts with his voiceover it's just his accent is so ridiculous that it takes me out of the movie like i felt like it felt like a voice that he was doing like it didn't feel like a real accent to me it 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 felt like like a character that like steve carell would do or somebody you know (laughs) like it it really did feel like he was intentionally talking this way on you know just that ridiculous like it and, and that i think really pulled me out of the movie like anytime there was nikki lauda on screen i mean I, I was just laughing to myself. Like, I mean, I wasn't laughing out loud, but, it, you know, inside I was just like, this is ridiculous to me. I mean, you know, anytime he called someone an asshole, he's just like, you asshole! And just like, it's just, I don't know. And that's what really reminded me of, of Sasha Baron Cohen in Talladega Nights. Uh, huh. And, um, yeah, and, like, uh, another thing that I said, you know, I was going to talk about the rating. I mean, this movie is rated R, but I felt like it's so tame. Like, it's just really, really... T- it felt PG-13 to me, but it's not because there's, like, boobs and stuff. But, uh... I think it's R because you get to see, like, decapitated bodies inside of wrecked cars and stuff like that. Well, there's, like, there's like some, you know, there's some violent images and stuff. But, I mean, uh... Like, in terms of, you know, people... I heard someone say, like, oh, this is, uh, you know, a great adult drama. And it's, like, honestly, like, the, the proof in it is, like, the scene, like, we were kind of talking about it, the scene where, like... Uh, James Hunt like is you know calling out Nikki Lauda and he's just like oh Hunt it rhymes with and then he says the C-bomb but he's like partially bleeped by like some guy with a megaphone in the background randomly that we don't see and it's kind of like but it's rated R so why don't you just say it like I, I don't know it's just weird to me but uh, that's like a, I guess a personal thing but yeah um, and honest and also like this movie does not look like the 70s whatsoever and that was another <laughs> That was another huge detraction for me was that it's like, yeah, just because you put on some, you know, vintage sunglasses and, you know, wear your hair a different style doesn't mean you're in the 70s. But, uh, yeah, there's other things that I think we could talk, I could go on about. Like, I think Olivia Wilde is completely unnecessary in this movie, even though her character was a part of James Hunt's life. I think, like, how she's utilized in this movie, it's like, why did you even cast someone this big? Like, I, they could have done anyone. And I I don't think she's bad in the movie. Like, we were kind of making fun, like, in the trailers. Like, oh, it's Olivia Wilde doing another accent. But I actually think that she's, you know, she commits to it. Like, I mean, for what she's given, I didn't think it was that bad. The fact that it's her is distracting. Like, 
the the woman that they cast as Nikki Lauda's wife was just a, you know an unrecognizable face, which I thought they should have done for her. But I I think actually your your exact complaint. First of all, I agree that she was used utilized horribly in this film, but your exact complaint is sort of why she's perfect for the role. Because she's supposed to be this big model celebrity somewhere else, and that right. they kind of come together almost as like a publicity stunt, and then she goes off and does her thing. And that's sort of the thing, is he's like, F her, like she's just this big starlet somewhere else, and she's yeah. trying to get into this fancy... like. So I think it kind of works... Um, I don't well, think. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it that way, I'll I'll give you that. But I I think that she's completely wasted. Like her her entire storyline subplot is just unnecessary to yeah, me. Yeah, her her arc is stupid and it doesn't have to be there. Um, but I, I think that with what that character role was supposed to do, she works perfectly for what they were going for. I just it, it you're right though, it is completely unnecessary. Yeah. Anyway, that's my stance on Rush. All right, well, uh, for me, like, as we were joking about at the top of the show, like, I'm not really into cars at all. Um, Don't get me wrong. I like things that go fast. I like things that crash. Um, So, like, I've I've watched the occasional race footage to see, like, crazy things that happened or whatever. But, like, nothing about the, like, I don't understand. I mean, I understand the idea of it. But, like, I don't know about drafting and, like, swinging out real fast to try to pass somebody on certain turns. And, like, all I know is, like, straightaways, you can gun it. You have to slow down a little <laughs> bit for a turn. Like, you know, I, I know very little about racing. And, like, like I've always hated the – like, I like the car video games that I like are the Burnout series where it's completely unrealistic and, like, the screen blurs the faster you go and it's just super crazy and cars explode and everything. Um, I've always hated, like, the Gran Turismo games or the Forza games where yeah. it's supposed to be, like, super realistic to where it's not fun at all. You were just like, yay, I shaved 24 yeah. hundredths of a second off my time on this one just, race i just want to drive fast and crash into stuff so. yeah like so so i when when i first saw the trailer for this film i was like whatever all right thor's gonna drive some cars with some like dude coming after him um but like the more i saw the trailer in theaters the more i got like with the you know the song playing and like <laughs> engines revving and like raining and like searing inferno hyped. of over 800 degrees and like, right. all this, like I, I got really captivated with the idea of this rivalry and i was like okay you know what i'm actually excited for rush now um i wasn't as excited as the voice i just did but i was actually (laughs) (laughs) i was actually looking forward to seeing this film and um much like my uh you know i I keep bringing up my the complaint that i had uh for the film um damn it what's the film that we reviewed that you liked a lot that i had liked but uh pitch perfect um in pitch perfect i you know my big complaint was that like though i liked that film it didn't feel like a good uh competition film to me uh i didn't buy the competition this makes pitch perfect look like the best competition film ever because because i never understand like i get the rivalry it's two guys in the the you know formula three or whatever it was they have their one race they both buy their way into formula one and they have this rivalry growing but like what doesn't make sense is like there's no context for like we see a few races, but as far as I can tell, uh, James Hunt, his engine continue like constantly blows out, and he loses almost all the races. And then yeah. Nicky Lauda catches on fire and can't race for a long time, and James Hunt gets to race while he's on fire. And then like uh, like there, there's just it, it's weird that like the film starts with both of them in the underleagues. They both find a different way to get into uh, Formula One, but what happens, which doesn't make sense to me, is. 
you know, the big race is James Hunt's chance to win the win the world championship away from Nikki Lauda. This film doesn't cover the time where Nikki Lauda wins the wor- first world championship. Like I don't get yeah. that. Like did I? It, it, they they like breeze over a lot of that stuff in montage, which I thought was weird. Because like to me, what made this compelling is two guys who had a lifelong rivalry to work their way up through the thing to both compete to try to both become world champion by the fact the fact that like Nikki Lauda is already world like this film wasn't sold as a Nikki Lauda is trying to maintain his world championship status and then James Hunt is this guy who's it's like they were both competing for that status yeah and no one none of them had ever won it before that's what it that's what you get the idea from the trailer yeah and in in the trailer it feels like James Hunt is this like playboy racer who's super awesome and Nikki Lauda is the guy who's coming up behind him trying to steal the limelight away from him but right. it's really it's it's done in this weird way that um where they're both the main character of half the story so like like you said that there's you know there's a point in time where James Hunt kind of doesn't become the main character anymore yeah, i feel like sidelined. it's bouncing around it's bouncing around the entire time like i don't know if you've seen um the the show the fall which is on netflix right now um it's the one that uh julian anderson came back to do no i remember you talked about it but i haven't seen it like that that, that's a great show people should watch it but the way that story is is half of the time you're following her as the investigator and half the time you're following the person being investigated and it's really interesting because like you like you don't really sympathize with the stuff that the bad guy's doing, but you begin to care about the character and what's happening in his life, and like you're worried is he gonna get caught? And like it, it, there's this weird dynamic to putting you on both sides of this story and seeing it from the other person's point of view. But in this, with the rivalry, you really I feel like you need to have one person to ground yourself in and see the other person as the villain, as opposed to seeing both the like I don't know like there's something about the way the story works. Like you know you were bringing up Tal- Talladega Nights and like. I was, you know, before we saw the film, I was joking. Like, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Talladega Nights because I don't yeah. necessarily like that style of humor as much. Um, but, like, it works as a uh, rivalry film. Like, it, it, <laughs> yeah, even it... even though it's jokes, you understand the context of, like, one guy who is the best. He has the struggle with one of his teammates who has made him the best. On top of that, you have this new French rival dude who's, like, trying to, to like, usurped his role of being the best driver in the world and, like... like you really feel the impact like that's why that film works for me even though i don't like the humor as much because it is a real rivalry film about a real story yeah this i don't know if this suffers because it's based on real events or what but it just like even though i was captivated by the storytelling it left me wanting more like I'm not even a car guy, but I love the idea of you have James Hunt, who is like the reckless driver, and he's so good because he's reckless. And then you have Nicky Lauda, who is super intelligent at setting up the cars and very yeah. like he like, he's very meticulous. Yeah, like Nicky Lauda is the transporter. He's Jason Statham's character yeah. for the transporter, where like he will never make a move that's risky unless he has 100% certain that it'll work. But he can trick out the car exactly the way it needs to be. He can hit each turn perfectly, and like the reason he's successful is because. He never takes risks, and he sets up the car perfectly. James Hunt is very successful because he always takes risk and will sacrifice anything to try yeah. to get that best score. And like the idea of those two characters playing off each other was awesome. And like, like I said, I don't I don't care about cars, but somehow 
Nicky Lauda's character made me want to hear about what he's doing to the cars to make them drive faster. Like that scene where he's like, he's like, yeah. put put them in my car. It will do two seconds shorter. And like he, yeah, yeah. the other guy goes in there and he's like, what was it? He's like, 2.7. And like, <laughs> it, like that was actually intriguing to me. Like I wanted to know, like, I, like, I don't know. I kept wanting their rivalry to involve like more stuff about like the cars being set up a certain way. And like, I, I wanted to know more about, I wanted to see more of the rivalry on the track as opposed to just them talking about not liking each other. Like, it, just because one guy calls the other guy reckless and the other guy calls the other guy rat face doesn't that doesn't make a rivalry to me. That's just like people shit talking each other. Like, right. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's why I think that the the movie would have been better served as a documentary, at least because I think they would have gotten more into the the specifics of their personalities and and to their rivalry because like you said and i was also going to point out like i don't feel the rivalry in this movie like to me it just feels like shit talking like you said and really it's just like well are they are they just doing that because they like each other like i mean it doesn't feel like because you think of people shit talking you think of just like bros like people who end up becoming friends like yeah uh, people who are such good friends that they could make fun of each other. And to me, that's almost what it feels like, but the movie is trying to separate them and be like, no, they hate each other. Like, yeah. they completely despise each other. Uh, so you better, you know, pick one side or the other. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think that it helps either that, like you said, they don't root the movie in one or, one character or the other. They have you know they bounce back and forth between the two characters which is fine but the fact that they use uh both of their voiceovers that's what is a problem i think yeah is because you know it starts off with nikki lauda doing voice voiceover and then we switch over to to james hunt and he's talking about like his life and blah 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 and everyone's talking in platitudes and dialogue that doesn't sound anything naturalistic whatsoever which is another problem i had with the movie uh but yeah, like that's the thing is that like we don't really get a sense of these guys and we definitely don't you know plant, you know, our flag. You know, we don't we don't like get on one team or the other. It's just like, well, okay, these guys apparently hate each other, but they're not doing anything to convince me that they do. Yeah. Um and then it's just like, oh, race race race, and then a lot of these races are done in montage like I said, which I was kind of which was kind of weird because like to me, that's, like, the draw of the movie. Yeah. Like, that, you know, the, the big thing is the races, and you know, the second one is the rivalry, and, you know, they didn't hit the rivalry, and now it's just like, yeah, there are definitely race sequences, but uh, I don't know. It's just so weird. Like, that's why I said it felt surface level only. It didn't feel like they got any deeper than just there were these two guys, they were race car drivers, and they hated each other. Or well, they, they were competing with each other, and that's it. Well, Carson, I mean, if you go to an actual race, you will know that you can literally only watch one section of the track at a time. So by showing it in montage, <laughs> they're recreating the experience of you being at the track. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I, I mean, yeah. Sarcasm, obviously. <laughs> I, no, I, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, uh, yeah, I just like I, – I think it was a huge missed opportunity, really. I, I, I don't think that uh, – I don't think it's as good as as it's being made out to be. I mean, I I I mean personally, I did not 
get into it that way. Like I, I just think there are a lot of there are a lot of flaws to it. I think there are a lot of cliches in terms of you know this genre of biopic movies and sports dramas. You know, it's stuff you've seen before for sure. And uh, um, as much as like Chris Hemsworth is good and uh, I I like the the score by Hans Zimmer. Like as much as some of the little aspects of it are good, like it's the whole of it is not. Like I think the whole of it is completely flawed. And uh, I, I mean I don't know. Like I don't know what the the thinking of it was because there's a line in the movie and it's somewhat ironic. Um, the scene where Nicky Lauda goes to the Ferrari headquarters and he's driving around all their cars. Yeah. And he's just like. You know, you have all these facilities at your disposal, and this, you know, this is all you can come up with, this piece of crap or something like I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. essentially what he tells this guy who works at Ferrari is that, like, you're supposed to be the best in the world or, you know, the best of the best, whatever, and this is all you can give me. And it's like, yeah, like, I mean, we've got Ron Howard, who's an Academy Award winning director, who's done. A, a ton of great movies and we've got like you know all these great actors and we've got a great story and yada 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 and this is all we got like this this is the movie like I, that's what i was thinking like that line kind of summed up the entire thing and uh yeah and, and the other thing i just wanted to point out and it's kind of a, it's just a personal thing really but when nikki lauda crashes and gets burned in like his big burn sequence yeah that fire was so fake like that was the fakest cgi fire i've seen in like a in a big budget movie in a while and i just want to be like that was like shocking to me because it's like ron howard you directed backdraft like come on well get some real fire in here well carson I'm looking at an article online that says that uh, Nicky Lauda, the guy, is a method actor, and he had them actually set him on fire for that scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some, some animated fire. No, I mean, I, I that, that, it's fine. I mean, I... But yeah, I'm just like, that's like a little, like, you know, personal thing, but like, that's... Still, it's like a kind of like, I mean, I saw the Metallica movie over the weekend. They lit a dude on fire for real. So if they can do it in that, they can do it in Rush, which is like a Oscar movie, you know, going for it. So, well, come on. Either anyway. way, and, and I know you probably won't agree with what I'm about to say, but uh, besides those fire effects, I actually loved what little driving there was. I actually really, really loved it. I know that... You probably didn't like it because it's a little bit blurry and there's like a bunch of weird stuff that they do. It's all CG Whoa. and junk. But like I lo- like the effect of every time the engine revs, like the the screen blurs, like at, at the at the peak of those RPMs. Like I, I just really I I dug it and all all the, like even though you, you don't get to see like a whole stretch of the race at any one time, you're just get, seeing a bunch of quick uh, clips and stuff like that. That is the feeling you get from like playing one of the burnout games. And like right. that's exactly what I want to see in a racing thing because I don't care how accurate it is. I just want to see badass, like, yeah, fast-moving cars that where you can feel the speed of it and you can feel the rev of the engine, and uh, I think they did that well. I think I don't completely disagree with you because I think some of the racing looked okay. Most of it was pretty fake-looking, but uh, I think the like what 
Ron Howard was going for, like with some of those shots, like where they're in the engine, whether it was CGI or not, or like they're on like you know super close of his eye or something, you know, and we're yeah. like in the in the driver's seat and all this stuff that like gets you like in the. I think that approach to it, like they captured the feeling of like racing is a thrill. Like I think that there was definitely the the essence was there. I just think like the way it was presented wasn't right for this movie like i think that you know when you're making like a a period movie and it's you know based in fact i don't know in my stupid opinion i would want to make everything as realistic as possible at least realistic looking as possible uh so i think like in the context of this movie it didn't work but i think like the idea or the conveying the essence of racing of like like revving that engine and like you know you getting excited like i want to see shit go fast yeah um i think they captured that but in terms of like you know did the racing look real at times i don't think they got that right but yeah yeah any any overhead shot somehow looked worse than any like close-up shot yeah but yeah when it was like when they were doing like the close-up like inside the driver's seat like contain thing like that was pretty cool but yeah um yeah when they like sometimes when they showed like the cars like you know making those turns or something i was like uh okay semi semi tangent but it sort of relates to the film um like did you see this at a regal or someplace that had the first look going i i saw it at amc yeah i don't remember i don't remember what, what was on the first look did oh. they did they play the uh, Xbox One Forza Motorsports Four or whatever it is trailer with the uh, the I don't, I don't you, you would know if they played it but basically I don't this, think so I mean I don't remember so there's I don't this think so. really great advertisement um, which is awesome like in the theater I went and looked up the making of just because I thought it's really cool it's for the new Xbox One game Forza Motorsports Four or whatever it is and uh, you know the big advertisement is see the cars from Rush in this game that comes out next year or whatever. Um, But what they did is they took um, a section of this film and printed out like billboards of frames of the animation at like 60 frames a second and lined them up along a racetrack and they get a real car with a camera on it to drive 100 miles an hour alongside of it and make this uh, whatever the spinning, you know, little animation things that had him in Hugo where he's spinning the elephant like walks and junk like that. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. They basically make one of those in real life of an animation of the game being played by driving a real car at 100 miles an hour alongside of like a million billboards printed out and laid out along the, along the side of the track. Yeah. That is such a badass freaking commercial. Um, <laughs> like, You're like, this is better than the movie. <laughs> no, no, like seriously, they've been playing that before like every movie that I've seen lately. And every time I watch it, I'm like, that looks so freaking awesome. Um like I said, it's a tangent. I'm just sharing with people. You can go look it up. It's badass commercial, but uh, it's just really well done, and it's cool that that's like a real. They did it for real. Um, it's not just like a CG thing. Uh, so I'm stoked about it. But anyways, I'll, yeah, I'll have to go. Lo- I have to go look at it. Yeah, just look up Xbox One Forza Motorsports uh, ad, and you'll find it. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, back to the movie. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, that's. I've pretty much exhausted all that I can, I think. Yeah, I, I out think... Of, out of this movie. I've exhausted, pun intended. Uh, well, the only, la- the only last thing that I'll say about the film is that I, I think it, uh, narrative-ness-wise, 
<laughs> whatever the word would be. Yes, uh, Nar- narratively. Narratively. Um, I think that the ending of this film suffers from being based on a true story because there is something about this idea of um, you have the man who is all about the math and no risk and the man who's all about the risk and no math competing at a final race for all the glory in the worst possible conditions you can always have. And you have the reckless driver, you have the non-reckless driver. And um, I mean, I don't really want to say much about it, but there's a decision that Nikki Lauda makes during the course of the race. And yeah. there is a decision that uh, uh, James Hunt makes during the course of that same race uh, towards the end of the film to, you know, like you have one character who's not willing to risk stuff and one character who is only cares about risk because all he wants is the glory. And I don't think there is, I don't think that plays out to its logical conclusion. Like I think this film should end with, uh, I, I, I wanted the film to end on more of a tragic note than it did. Uh, and uh, like without saying too much about the events of, of the finale, I think that it would have been really fitting for both characters to have an end um, in the story, I should say, uh, that was fitting of their personalities. Like there, there's something about a character who is willing to sacrifice everything to be the best that he can be, um, getting the chance to sacrifice everything to be the best that he can be. Yeah. Um, I, I assume you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, like, but again, like, I don't know, I'm assuming this is how it played out in real life. No, no, it ha- has to be. If they, cha- yeah. if they changed, if they changed it to what it is, that's the most stupid decision I've ever heard in my life. Right, um, I mean, maybe it didn't play out completely as dramatically with all the rain and everything. Uh, I mean, like I said, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it did, but, like, the way that it's presented just feels fake as hell. Like, I mean... There's a moment when, uh, like, I, I can't remember exactly where it is, but it's during that last race, and James Hunt approaches Nikki Lauda, and they have an exchange that is, like, the most unorganic exchange uh, of the movie. And um, th- that is also, like, what I was getting about how, like, none of the dialogue feels, like, realistic. It all feels like they're talking in either platitudes or trailer talk, like, trailer yeah. lines. Where it's just like, you know, I am the best and blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, basically, you pick out any line from the trailer, and that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> I, I am I am both quicker at driving and better at setting up the cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and like when James Hunt is trying to sell himself to that one company so he can drive for them, like, that whole scene was just like, oh, man. <laughs> you know what was weird? That scene bothered me, not because any of the content, but because he referred to the car as the drive. The drive, yeah. Do you have the drive for me? Like, it, it just the, the sentence <laughs> structure there is like, are they excited about it? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't need, know. I need a drive. Do you have a drive for me? Maybe I that's will get like, a drive. Maybe that's like race racing uh, lingo or something. It, it was something. Like, that's how they refer to the car as the drive. I don't know. Yeah. You know. What is this beverage? Coffee? Another. Pfft. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like. It felt a little, yeah, it felt a little static, like a little, I don't know, but uh, maybe that, like I said, that maybe that's like the lingo, like that's how they talk. But huh. it's weird because no one else said it. No one else referred to it as the drive, so yeah. maybe it was like just a James Hunt thing, I don't know. Maybe. 
he so seeks the thrill that he doesn't even care. Um, he doesn't. He can't even remember to uh, send in his submission form or whatever to get in the race. Yeah, or for for sponsorships. Sponsorship. Yeah, he yeah. can't even submit the forms for sponsorship because he's such a badass. He's so reckless. Well, that's just because he was who he is at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good times. All right. Well, I think that'll probably do it for a review for this uh, film rush. So Carson. Go ahead and place it on our recommendation scale. Would you give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid? I'm going to give it a pass with a caveat. The caveat is, uh, like I said, it's a watchable film, um, but like everything else that I've said, it's got a lot of problems. And uh, I feel like this is definitely a movie that if my parents went and saw it, I feel like they would enjoy it. Um, and if I were to tell them why I didn't enjoy it, uh, they just would look at me funny. Um, I don't know. Like, I just think that, uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, I know, like, my dad was just like, oh, yeah, like, have you seen the trailer for Rush? He's like, that looks pretty good. And I was just kind of like, yeah, but I didn't elaborate. Like, I was just kind of like, I didn't say, like, oh, well, it looks nothing like the 70s and, like, you know yada 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 but uh yeah i don't know where i was going with that but uh i'm gonna (laughs) give it a pass so i guess i feel like maybe i don't know yeah like maybe like joe blow movie girl goer will be like super into it or if you're like really into cars you'll be into it but uh yeah i was not so yeah I'm, i'm gonna give it a pass with a caveat also uh this is one of those weird films where it's like I enjoyed it the whole time, um, and I'm not upset that I saw it at all, but having seen it, I wouldn't have seen it. Like, I, I would have felt okay passing on this. I wouldn't right. have felt like I missed anything, but having saw it, like, I enjoyed it throughout. Uh, the ending did leave me unsatisfied. Like, I, I felt it was a little anticlimactic. Um, I didn't really get the whole... I never felt the personality wise there was definitely a rivalry but i never felt the career rivalry that it tried to sell me on um yeah. so so i just didn't i just didn't get that aspect of things um uh but like i enjoyed the characters i think this is my favorite chris hemsworth for uh performance um i really yeah. i just i liked him as this character and i just i buy him as this far like he's a fine thor whatever um but i mean like i i like him as this character uh more yeah. um so yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but definitely something that you can pass on and not feel like you were left out of anything. Yeah, I mean, there are there are definitely more terrible movies out there and worse ways you can uh, spend two hours. But in terms of, like, what this movie was going for, like, it had a lot more potential to be awesome, and uh, it didn't live up to that. Yeah. So, yep. I can't stop. <laughs> we'll we'll just let that you know be the you know take us out from here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, well, that is gonna be the end of our review of Rush Carson. If people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. 
Cool. People can find me over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you get all the back episodes of the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning to see when all these episodes go live or like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will probably be that song because <laughs> <laughs> it's been stuck in my head for like the last month. And, uh, and there's probably not a real uh, score out, so... Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah. Anyways, we can't stop. I can't stop. You can't stop. Yeah. We all can't stop. Um, just, just twerking it. it to the finish line. <laughs> yeah, just just uh, enjoy the beats. <laughs> yes. Thanks for joining me, Carson. Uh, yes, thank you for having me again. And thank you guys all for listening. We will catch you next time. <laughs>